So today I want to tell you about a mistake that I made when I built my business almost six years ago, and I did not find out about this mistake until just last month. So now I have an opportunity to fix it. Let me tell you what it is, how I'm going to fix it, and how it's going to help my business and how it can help your business too. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I have a little bit of a confessional for you today because I've been growing my business and really focused on the growth and scaling aspect of it for kind of the past couple of years. And I just realized a critical mistake I made the other day. I was in a training and I was presented with a concept that I thought I knew And I was presented with it in a completely different way last week. And it makes me realize that I did this completely wrong. So what is the mistake and how can I fix it and how can you fix it? Well, this concept of a dream 100. I polled my Facebook group the other day about it and said, how many of you are familiar with the concept of the dream 100? And some people said, um, is that like 100 raving fans or um, not really sure? I've heard of it, but I'm not really sure what it is. I was introduced to this concept almost two years ago now, whenever I first took the One Funnel Away Challenge um, from Russell Brunson. And he talks about the Dream 100 and the examples he gives and the examples of, of the Dream 100 for him always dealt with like, celebrities and he was you know trying to dream 100 tony robbins or these other people that are just not even in the same stratosphere as i am they're far far above where i perform so i thought it was more about influencer you know connections and all that kind of you know celebrity influencer type stuff and that's not really my jam i'm not really impressed by um those types of of people. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with being a celebrity, but I've never aspired to fame or fortune or anything like that. And it just seems like a lot of work and I'm much more of a down to earth person. So I completely dismissed Dream 100 as something that was not at all important in my business. Even whenever I became aware of the concept two years ago, that was almost four years after I had begun building my business. So I was presented with this concept. I'm in Uh, Russell Brunson's um, Two Comma Club X program. And he was training us the other day and he's building a business and we're getting to go through all the steps exactly like he would building a business from scratch without using his million person email list and all this kind of stuff. So it's very, very interesting to see how he goes through this process. But in the very initial stages of his business building for this new venture that he's actually, he's building the business for someone else, but just going through this process. And he essentially got the business name, got the URL, uh, decided what the niche was and that sort of thing. And one of the first things 
he starts talking about his Dream 100. Now, if you've read Russell's books, you know that really he didn't talk about Dream 100 much during um, the dot-com secrets book. He really didn't talk about it that much during the expert secrets book, but it wasn't until the traffic secrets book that he really began talking in depth about the Dream 100. But here's the thing. It is absolutely foundational to your business. And if we think about this whole concept of uh, our business, we first thing we do is we have decided very much the same thing with your talk, you're talking about with a podcast is you decide who your ideal listener is. Who is your dream listener? That's your, your avatar. Avatar for your podcast is so critical because if you don't nail that down, you don't know how to make any decisions. Because you don't know who you're making a decision for or about or who it's going to affect. And so you're kind of all over the place and you're like, I don't know what they want. And uh, many times, luckily, podcasters are often their own avatar. They are often the avatar for their own show or even business that they form. So when you think about it, it's important to understand that the reason this Dream 100 is foundational at this stage of building your business is because it is mostly about doing research. It's mostly about understanding the ecosystem in your marketplace. So in other words, let's just take, you know, every city has its local farmer's market, at least most cities do. And many times there's multiple markets all over the place. And you see many times when you go to the farmer's market or these other marketing places like that, where there are vendors and that sort of thing, you might see some similarities between different products, right? And so if you decided, just got all gung-ho and said, you know what, I love making homemade cheese, so I am going to perfect my cheese recipe, and then I'm going to go down to the farmer's market, and I'm going to sell my cheese down there. So if you do all that, go to the trouble, make your cheese, you finally go down to the market to set it up and sell it, and what if all of a sudden you look around and you're like, crap, there's somebody over there that's making cheese too, and they've got more flavors than I do. They've got a different kind. They, they, they've got their game on with this cheese thing. And then you turn around and look around the corner, there's another person over there with cheese. And you're like, well, crap, I've got, you know, I've got cheese. I made cheese because I love making cheese. But you're now creating competition in the marketplace. And that's not really a thing that you want to do because coming in new to the marketplace, you're already going to be behind more established players. So part of this Dream 100 process at this point in building your podcast or building your business is trying to understand the marketplace. So if you went down to the farmer's market and you saw tons of people selling cheese and you saw tons of people selling something else and maybe you saw someone baking bread, but no one there was making butter, maybe you decide you're going to make butter or you're going to make something else along those, you know, same type of uh, uh, food line that you can be unique and you can stand out and you can corner the market on. So if you take that same principle and apply it to your business and your podcast, this Dream 100 process is you trying to get a pulse on the marketplace. How many times have I seen podcasters decide on a name for their podcast and I ask them, you know, sometimes even they've gotten, gotten uh, artwork created and they bought, you know, a URL or something like that. And I ask them, have you even looked in iTunes to see if that podcast name is already taken? And they haven't. And they go look and there's three other podcasts by that name. 
So then they're back to the drawing board. They're frustrated. They're, you know, but if they had done the work in the beginning, they would have a whole different take on what the marketplace needs. So all the work of the Dream 100 in the building phase will set you up to create sort of a blue ocean product. And then all of the Dream 100 will begin applying even more when you get in the growth and scaling phase of your business, when you're ready to drive traffic. So it's a fundamental foundational part of your business. And guess what? I completely skipped it. So I didn't skip it because, I mean, I, in the beginning, I skipped it because I didn't know about it. I, I tend to be one of those people that I'm not real, I'm probably a natural introvert. I'm not real self-promotional. I'm more value-based, more heart-based with what I do. And I am not one that just loves going out and meeting people. You know, when we have podcast conferences, so many people are like, I can't wait to be around all my podcast people. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I have to go to this conference and make small talk with people and all that for all these, you know, there's uh, just so much sensory overload whenever I go to these podcast conferences and, you know, feeling like you have to be on all the time. And it just, it drains me rather than giving me energy, which helps me know I'm an introvert rather than an extrovert. So when I think about the Dream 100, it forces me to think about like reaching out to other people, which is something that I don't naturally do. I tend to function in sort of my own little world. And then I put out into the world, whatever. And I just kind of do it all on my own. I don't really leverage relationships with people. You'll probably rarely get an email from me saying, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you help me promote this? Because that's just not the way I've ever been. Now, does that need to change? Yes, it needs to change. But the way I go about changing it is what this Dream 100 is all about. So we've already identified when you've set up your podcast who your dream listener is, who your dream customer is. So you know who that dream is. You also need to think about when you're dealing with a Dream 100 is you're going to be trying to build a platform with those dream customers. So who are the people already in this marketplace that have already congregated your dream customer. I'm in the podcast space, right? So I want to talk to podcasters who are looking for help monetizing. I want to talk to podcasters who need help with their post-production. I want to talk to podcasters who need help with their strategic focus and that sort of thing. Like that's where, that's what my expertise and what my jam is. So who in the world has already got groups of podcasters congregated around them? So as you begin to think about it, you want to think about like, okay, so if you're a podcaster, where are the top places that uh, podcasters are congregating online? What Facebook groups are they in? What Instagram people are they following? Uh what, what are they forums or other things that they're gathering in that I just don't know about? What YouTube channels are they paying attention to? What influencers are they paying attention to? Are they paying attention to the John Lee Dumases? Are they paying attention to the Pat Flynn's? Are they paying attention to the Joe Rogan's? I don't know. I need to find that out. So what are the websites? What are the podcasts that your dream client are, is listening to? What are the top books that your, your ideal client are reading to help them grow and solve their problems? What are the top Instagram channels? What are the top YouTube channels? What are the top conferences that your 
ideal customers are going to. All of these places are places that you can identify where your dream customers have already congregated. Now, think about it like this, and I'll I'll give you an example. Uh, In most of our, like the Facebook groups in the podcasting world, we can't just go in and start spamming links. That's a great way to get, um, you know, banned from the group or get your post removed and, you know, get some sort of bad reaction from people. If you're just going, hey, here's an episode of my show, take a listen. Like, because if everyone did that, that whole Facebook group would just be crammed with a bunch of people spamming their links and there's no actual value in that, right? So that's not a great way to go in and, uh, you know, be with the groups of people that are congregating. So one of the things when I started my business, I looked for people. I did like do this in sort of a loose way, but I only did it through one channel. So I looked for people that already had Facebook groups. I looked for people that already had podcasting Facebook groups and I joined them and I was a podcaster at the time whenever I started my business. And so I joined them and I focused on answering questions and adding value. I really didn't even focus on ingratiating myself to the podcast group owner, which would have been smart, <laughs> smarter probably. But I did that and I uh, began adding value. And so for the first years of my business, all of my clients virtually came from Facebook. They came out of those Facebook groups where I had been answering questions, responding to posts, adding value, and it led to very many natural offline conversations about how can I help them with the the post-production of their podcast. And so that's kind of what I did. I also bought some ads for post-production podcast work that my company does on some of the largest podcast, um, you know, podcasts that that in in groups that deal with podcasters. So those are a few things that I did, but I didn't have a a method and I didn't have a form set up or framework set up to do it with. So this Dream 100 concept originally came from Chet Holmes, who was a um, kind of a marketer that from a bygone era, but he he passed away a few years ago, but he was looking, he had a sales team and they were looking to sell something. And I don't even remember what his product was, but he realized that there was an, they, they spent all this time reaching out to people and cold calling people and his sales agents were just going out there trying to uh, sell, 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 and they were beating their head against the wall. So he finally realized there was an industry magazine and in his magazine, in the magazine, he went through and he documented every company that advertised in that magazine. And he basically come up, came up with close to 100 names of companies. They were Xerox and Coca-Cola and some of these big, you know, what we would call like blue chip type companies. They were um, advertising in these magazines. So Chet completely changed his strategy and he had like five sales reps and he had like 100 people that had advertised in this, this uh, magazine of a competitor not a competitor, but an industry magazine. And he said to his sales reps, we are only going to focus on selling to these 100 people. This is our dream customer list. And we are going to only sell to those people. So the first, you know, the, the he kept trying multiple ways. So everyone would reach out one time. Maybe they would uh, send them something, send them a gift in the mail or something. Another time they would, next week they would do a cold call. Another time they would do this. Another time they would do something else. Sometimes they would show up and drop off a gift. Sometimes they would do something else. So they just kept hammering 
these customers that were on their Dream 100 list until finally the first one fell. And then the second one fell. And it was the first one was like Coca-Cola or something like that. It was like some big, huge company. And suddenly he had all of these big multinational companies that he was representing. They were clients of his because he only focused on his dream customers and he didn't sell to anyone else. That's how he became a category king. Now, the principle that applies to us is that we have people who are already gathering around congregations of our Dream 100. And those people essentially are the gatekeepers to our dream customers. So the more that we can form a value-based relationship with them, the more access we are going to have with our dream customers. So one other principle that we need to be very, very cognizant of and all value-based goes back to digging your well before you're thirsty. If you wait till you're thirsty before you dig a well, you are going to die before you get any water from it. So the concept of digging your well before you're thirsty is basically you're forming relationships with people before you ever need to ask them for anything. So in other words, you're just going to provide value, 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 and that well is going to be dug and at whatever point in time you need to tap the well it will be there primed and ready to go so in this dream 100 concept for our businesses and our podcast it is a foundational method now let me also say that one of the things you don't want to do is create direct competition or try to go Steal, let me just say steal. I don't know if that's the right word, but try to go after the customers for your direct competition. But what you want to do is you want to think about all the people that are on the periphery of uh, your niche that have your same target client that is there, but they're providing a different service. So if I'm a spa owner and I know I'm providing, you know, spa type services to people, I'm probably also in my dream avatar, I'm going to have uh, listed out some qualities like, you know, there are people that are, you know, into preventative uh maintenance on their bodies. So maybe there's also people, they, they would have uh, be likelier to have gym memberships. They would be likelier to see chiropractors. They would be more likely to see a functional medicine doctor. Um, they might even go to an iridologist or reflexologist or some other type of person to help them. They're going to be going to massage therapists if that's not a service that I already offer at my spa. Um, there, But there's also going to be these sort of tangential uh, markets that have those dream customers. It's going to be, um, you know, the gym owners. It's going to be um, people that potentially would all have those same traits as your dream customer, but they're just congregated around someone else for a completely different service. Maybe it's because there's a, you know, like a plastic surgeon or a cosmetic dentist or something like that, that you know would probably have your same, your, their avatar, their dream customer has probably a lot of the same characteristics that yours does, but they only service them for cosmetic dentistry and you service them for spa type services. So 
what you think want to think about, and um, one of my coaches said, just think about this as your business being the sun and every other Dream 100 person that you want to reach is sort of the solar system that's circling around the sun. So that would be, for me, my business is podcasting. So that to me would be, um, where are all, where are podcasting groups? Where are podcasters congregating? Now, the, the, the tough thing about podcasting is podcasting exists for every niche. But that means, you know, I just have more opportunities for Dream 100 and I just have more niches that I can filter down into. But so, for example, um, the podcast consultants and people like the Dave Jacksons of the world who have a school of podcasting. There are people like podcast hosting companies, Buzzsprout, Podbean, um, Captivate, Mark Asquith and his Captivator, those types of things that if I can partner or I, I can ingratiate myself to these Dream 100 people that are also serving podcasters, then there's a way that we can figure out with to work together. You know, and if I'm surveying the marketplace, I'm certainly not going to survey the marketplace and look at my ecosystem and say, ah, there are, you know, 400 podcast hosting companies. Let me start my podcast hosting company. That's not my core business. Let's leave that to the people that do that as a core business. At the same time, there's a whole lot of podcast consultants that want to help you find your voice and help you put your voice out in the world, but they're not technical. So they're not going to show you how to edit your show. They're not technical. They're not even going to want you to edit your show because they want you to focus on your business. So they're going to tell you to outsource it. And if I can be the person they recommend outsourcing to because we have a relationship together and maybe I also give them an incentive for that, then that's an amazing thing. If I was writing a book, I would send out a book to a bunch of different people and say, I'm writing this book. I just wanted to put it in your hands. If you have the time to read it, I would love for to get any feedback you have on it. And that way um, I can, you know, definitely make any adjustments and uh, whenever I do the revised version or if there's any value in it that you see that I can offer to your audience, I'm more than happy to. Russell Brunson did that whenever he um, wrote Traffic Secrets and he had a big launch for Traffic Secrets right in the middle of coronavirus uh, coming into the play in the United States. So everyone's virtually shut down. But one of the things he did is he put it out there um, and, and put the book in people's hands well ahead of time. And then at the same time, he spent a lot of time doing podcast interviews. And so if a podcaster brings him on and, you know, sells, he, he has a relationship with that podcaster, that podcaster can potentially sell 500 or 1,000 or however many books. Well, that's a much more scalable way to get to in front of Russell's ideal audience than for him to try to go and form relationships with 500 or 1,000 people that are each going to buy one book, right? So it's one of those things where this is just a really smart way to build your business. And so when you start thinking about the categories that you're wanting to look at at the, the Dream 100 level in the business building phase is trying to figure out what's already in the market. I cannot tell you how many people, and you probably see it too in your industry, but it's funny because people will say, um, oh, this is, we, we've come up with these uh, podcasting awards. It's the, the first ever podcast award of its kind, of this its kind, you know, it's a whatever Hall of Fame or whatever they're going to do. And they don't realize that everybody that's already been in the space for the last 10 years knows 
that somebody else has already been in that space and it's there. That happened this year with the Podcast Academy um, Awards. I think NPR put out something that's saying, you know, NPR is doing the first ever of its kind uh, podcast awards ceremony, you know, to, to honor the best podcasters. Meanwhile, the Podcast Academy had been doing it for the last 10 years. And it's like, uh, yeah, NPR, um, you're not the first. You may be the most ill-informed, but you're not the first. And everybody knew it. So it immediately led to credibility issues. Now, if they had done their homework and they had Dream 100, the, um, the, the, the marketplace, before they even took on the awards, they would have figured out there was already an award ceremony going on. And maybe they would have figured out how they could partner with it or while they could enhance what was already being offered to the benefit of what was already existing and whatever they wanted to do and accomplish from those awards. So there's lots of ways that this can be done. But I started my business without it. I started not knowing what to do. So one of the things I'm going to show you, and I'm going to do a video, I'm going to put it in the Facebook group, the Podcast Monetizations Facebook group tomorrow, is show you the tactical part of this. And I'm going to show you my Trello board and how I set this up and how I determine who I'm going to go after, how I determine how I'm going to get in front of them, how I determine whether I'm going to earn my way in or buy my way in. There's only two ways to do that. And I will tell you that it's always preferable, <laughs> to, or faster, I should say, not always preferable, but it's always faster to buy your way in. So if you are on a tight time frame and you have, there are audiences that you need to get in front of, the best way to do it is to buy your way in front of those audiences. This leads me to something that I was talking about yesterday on a consultation call uh, with somebody who's also in the industry. And um, then I saw it in a Facebook group and it was um, somebody had posted a screenshot and said it was um, someone's response whenever they sort of wanted to be a guest on a podcast. And they said, yeah, we have hundreds of people um, request to be on our show every single month. And we only have four slots available. And we're a top 10 business podcast. And we've been that way consistently for the last however many years in iTunes and in all the ranking categories. And so because of this, as a way of just for us to, to filter down our request, uh, you have to pay $1,500 to be a guest on our show. And I was looking at all those comments and people are like, don't do it. That's the worst advice ever. That's horrible. Well, the interesting thing is, is that people that are doing that and saying that it's a terrible idea don't understand the value of the Dream 100. They don't also don't understand that if somebody believes that they can provide value to your platform, they should be willing to pay to get in front of your platform, knowing that if they provide value, they will now have customers from that platform, right? So, it, I, I get, you know, I, people want to act like it's a moral or an ethical thing. And no, this is the same thing as a, a advertorial or, or whatever. And, you know, in magazines, if it's an advertisement, even if it's content, they have to put it to advertisement at the top of it. But here's the thing. This happens, you guys, this happens in so many aspects of our lives and we don't even know it. So, for example, how many times do you get someone referring you to something and or they give you um, some sort of the name or something for someone? They don't always tell you if they get some sort of free service or a kickback for referring people to them. Do you think the concierge at the hotel, whenever you go and ask them, 
hey, who do you um, who do you think I should go have a, a dinner with to a dinner a restaurant? What restaurant should I eat at tonight? And the concierge goes, oh, that's easy. Here you go. Here's a card and it's got 10 percent off at this restaurant or whatever. So go over there and they will take care of you. And you know what happens every time you as a customer bring that card in? It tracks back to that concierge and that concierge gets money for the referral. The same thing happens. You know, we sit here and consume a ton of reality TV as a society. And most of the time, no one's putting it out in front of it saying, oh, by the way, these people are getting paid $10,000 an episode to be on the show. Now, sometimes on reality TV, there's not very much money being made by people, but we don't put it out there. But the whole thing is there are pockets of audiences that everybody is paying to get in front of. You know, we don't talk about the fact that Facebook created a social platform for us to get on there and share our, you know, most intimate things and our personal stories and our family pictures and all of our information and our views and our prayer requests and all of these things. But meanwhile, there's data that's coming out of that, that their, their value as a business is the marketing data that they can provide. You know, and I'm sure it's buried somewhere in their terms of conditions and, you know, that we all scroll through and click yes whenever we sign up for it. But I'm just saying people got all bent out of shape about, oh, you shouldn't pay to be in front of an audience. If I'm launching something and I feel like there's an audience I can get in front of, Pat Flynn is one of my dream 100 people, partly because he has a, I want to say it's called Podcast Success Academy, but I'm not sure that I've got the name quite right on that. But basically, he teaches people how to podcast. And Pat Flynn is also a very, you know, like, he's just like Mr. Nice Guy, right? So he would probably also attract those same kind of people that vibe with him and resonate with his personality. So Pat Flynn being one of my dream 100 because if I could get a flow of clients from his podcast Success Academy students, it would be amazing for my business. And if I could provide money to Pat to get on his podcast and get in front of his audience, why would I not do that? I could do that and in a month be on his show. I'm not saying he has it set up that way, but I'm just saying if it was, I could do that and be on his show in a month. And if I was trying to organically find a way to reach out to him and find out who's connected and how I can get them to introduce me and all this sort of thing, that could take six or eight months. So I'm just saying, look at all of these things from a marketing perspective. And just because somebody, you know, poo-poos something, don't make an assumption about it automatically that it's a bad, bad thing to do. Uh, because you're wanting to mutually, like the rising tide raises all ships, right? If I can raise the the status and the uh, elevate others in my complementary niches, it only helps podcasting, right? And then I can be the one to connect all these people, and then we have a connection, and then we can mutually help each other's businesses. I saw this happen in real life the other day, and, and I'm, I, I am probably on no one's Dream 100 list, and that is, you know, that's just the where I am right now. So no one's probably targeting me for a Dream 100, but if they did, I would probably be paying attention. If there was an author that sent me a book and said, hey, I just wanted to know your opinion about this, and if you think there's anything that, um, you know, you'd like, a part of it you'd like to share with your audience— I would pay attention. But the other day, I had a, a former client reach out to me and say, hey, Christy, I just wrote this article, 
And this article is um, about the top five Facebook groups for podcasters. And um, I appreciate what you're doing and the value you're providing. And so I put yours in as the one of the groups because I really believe you're doing things, you know, from a value and heart position and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, wow, I can't believe she did that. So she gave me the link. And of course, I was able to share it and, you know, hopefully help get her some website traffic. But then she also went into the Facebook groups. Some of those same Facebook groups where they were they were on the list. And she said, hey, you guys, I put together this list of the top five Facebook groups and you guys are all in here and you'll see this group is on the list. But did I miss anyone? Are there other groups that you're in that we should all know about? Because she was just trying to combine, compile a list that would be helpful to podcasters. Well, because of that, she elevated my group to the status much bigger than where it was. And all of a sudden, within about two days, I had about 50 more people wanting to join the Facebook group. Now, our Facebook group is small and it's new and it's, you know, we're all trying to find our way in there, but it comes from a good place. And so that type of elevation would be the amazing things that you can try to do for people that you're going to dream 100. You consume their products, you buy their courses, you buy their books, you rave about them, you point other people to them because you're digging your well before you're thirsty. Right. So you do that all along. And then what happens? People do that to you. So after that was done for me, then I looked around and thought, who else is starting out something new that I can elevate? And I was able to find a couple YouTube channels I could promote, a couple of other podcasts I could promote and just make that a part and to try to spread the love around. Now, there's a way to do this very strategically and there's a framework for it. So a lot of it is a visual thing. And so I'm going to make a video tomorrow and put it in the podcast monetization Facebook group that will show you my actual Trello board of My Dream 100. It will show you how to create it, how to choose your categories, how to find the people that already have your dream customers congregated into them. So if you haven't joined the group yet, join the group and then tomorrow you'll see that video in there and it will show you exactly what you need to know. So I didn't know this. I didn't know this framework whenever I started my business, but I'm so excited because Dream 100 is sort of like one of those things that you, uh, it's something you start foundationally whenever you build a podcast or a business or anything. And yes, all my consultation clients are going to start having to create a Dream 100 list. So um, just know that that's part of the package now. And so I'll help you with that. But if you do it right, it's sort of always in process with your business. Like there's always new people that come onto your dream 100 list. Maybe your dream 100 turns into dream 200 or 300 or whatever, but you always are using and leveraging this as you go. So it's never too late to start building this into what you're doing. So even though my business is six years old, I'm going back and dream 100ing um, my specific niche and coming up with my list. And then I will be working very intentionally to nurture some of those relationships. And then will be amazing to see the results with that. So uh, this will help you when you get to the traffic phase of your business, but it's foundational for your market research to make sure that you are not setting yourself up for failure, that whenever you decide to enter that marketplace, that you are tapping into something that no one else is providing so that you can be unique and stand out in your marketplace. So I hope this has been helpful for you today. I hope you better understand the concept. You know, you're not looking to, um, you know, 
push your stuff down people's throat. You're really looking at this point for ways that you can really nurture relationships with other people that have your Dream 100 congregated around you. We do this in our social circles. You know, if you're a mom, you're going to find mom groups. And if you know that every, you know, Tuesday morning, there's a park that all the moms go to and they take turns with a couple of moms watching while the rest of the moms go to the coffee shop across the street and get coffee, you're going to go because there's this where other moms are congregating and you can begin nurturing relationships there. And it's mutually beneficial because now your children get to play, your children get to have more, uh, you know, enrichment in, in their lives. And then you have the same stimulation, um, adult to adult with other moms. And so it becomes mutually beneficial. So this is something that we do very naturally in our society. This just puts a framework and a purpose and a method to it so that you don't get so busy building your business that you avoid this foundational piece of business building. So I hope this has been beneficial. Join us in the Podcast Monetization Facebook group. We're there um, talking about monetizing podcasts, and we've got some exciting things that are going to be coming in in the very next few months, and I'm building them as we speak. But um, tomorrow I'll be posting the video of um, showing me working on my Dream 100 list, and I hope you'll come along and join me um, so you can do your Dream 100 too. So I hope you have a fantastic day, and I can't wait to see you inside the Facebook group. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.